We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. We are stressfully joining you after the Green Bay Packers squeaked out a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Joining me again this week is Ty. Ty Windish, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad the Packers got the win. They really uh, really made sure the whole game would be entertaining after early. It looked like, you know... <laughs> Maybe we could coast to a W. Ah, not the case. Not the case in Tampa Bay. But a win on the road against a very good team is always something to feel good about, I think. The sigh of relief that came once I saw the ball hit the ground after Devondre tipped it was incredible. We're gonna I was I was eagle-eyed looking for flags, by the way. Oh, after yeah. some of the some of the whistles that Tampa got. I was like, man, do we have to redo this play? I do not feel good about that. But thankfully, none to be found. I was like as low as you can get in the half second between Devondre tipping the ball and the ball hitting the ground because I saw that was like Russell Gage, whoever the target was on that throw, was on the ground where the ball was going to land. I went, there's no shot. There's no shot this ball is going to land right in his lap after he falls down and like, oh. It would have been one of those kind of games for that to happen. Luckily, it didn't. 14-12, the Packers win. And Ty, we probably should start right there with the defense. 12 points to a Tom Brady-led team. Pretty good. Pretty good, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say very good, especially on the road in Tampa, in Florida, a place where typically Aaron Rodgers does not play great. Um, He played... Better than he, better than some games in Florida, but we'll get to the Rodgers and the offense. Defensively, there's literally outside of an injury that we'll talk about, there's nothing more you could ask for from a defense than what Green Bay's defense came through and did uh, Thursday or not Thursday Sunday afternoon. I don't know where Thursday came from. Sunday <laughs> afternoon uh, on this game, the Battle of the Bays that Green Bay uh, came out victorious. You know, between holding the run game, keeping the run game entirely in check. And, you know, per carry, Tampa was roughly equivalent to Green Bay on the ground because Tampa's defense also played quite well. 
but uh, total yards because Tampa kind of just gave up on it. 34 yards on the ground for the Buccaneers. It is hard to win football games when you are just not moving the ball at all on the ground. And that that is what the Bucs had to deal with. Obviously, as you and Jordan Tresky covered on the post-game or the pre-game preview podcast, you know, Tampa, like Green Bay, without some key receivers, I think fully healthy, you know, Tampa's receiving room is much better. But Tampa was much more depleted than the Packers were going into this game. That certainly mattered, but still, you can't use that to take away from a Green Bay defense that still is going up against Tom Brady and still held him to 12 total points, even if he was able to move the ball, you know, throwing for 271 yards, no picks. But the defense made enough big plays and enough little plays to really keep Tampa out of the end zone. Right, and it definitely should be noted that a big chunk of that 271 came on the last drive. The last drive was 13 points. The prevent defense, man. The prevent defense has driven me insane for a long time. But that last drive was uh, 13 plays, 89 yards. So if you take away that big long drive, which obviously doesn't make sense in total football, but he's still under 200 yards up until the last drive of the game where Green Bay was just giving them everything underneath and ultimately end up scoring on it. Um, but regardless, just amazing job by the defense today. Uh, two forced fumbles, um, no picks, but then three sacks of Brady for 20 yards, which was pretty big. Pretty big for them. Uh, also, uh, you mentioned earlier that the injury to Jair Alexander, we don't know anything yet. I'm refreshing Twitter to see if we do get something, but nothing as of yet. But stepping into his place was uh, Keyshawn Nixon, who was absolutely just outstanding in his thrusted into the the role he was put into. Uh, seven total tackles, six solo, and a couple uh, pass breakups. So he was he played a huge role in stepping in for your cornerback one. Yeah, I don't understand. ESPN in the box credits him with zero passes defensed. I can clearly remember at least one in the end zone over the middle of the field where he definitely was there and I think broke up a play. I mean, I think you have to like really specifically knock the ball away or something. I don't know. But, you know, I think that's why people hate PFF. I get it. But something like PFF or whoever, whatever analysts you follow, there's so many great ones on the Packers beat. The folks who watch the All-22 and drill down on a specific players, this is why like stats in football, especially for the defense, can be so misleading because you can look look at this and go, you know, no passes defense. He was having to make tackles. Like, was he giving up a lot of completions? He was awesome. I think he really played well and not just like he gave you average play. I thought he played above average at the cornerback spot. And again, in a game where the offense gets pretty much stopped after the first quarter and a half, the defense had to be great against Tom Brady without Jair Alexander. Like that's a huge moment for the young fella. And he really delivered. Right. Absolutely. I think it was incredible. He even got a shout out from uh, Matt LaFleur in the post game. Uh, press conference he he saluted he quote saluted uh nixon in his play too so but yeah the defense was swarming and playing up to the task all game long going through the uh the play-by-play here the uh defense had one two we won't count the end of the quarter because it was one play but then three four five five total uh three and outs throughout the entire game, which is really good. Like if you can do Tom Brady, keep Tom Brady off the field and quit picking your defense apart. Like he's done his entire career. That's fantastic. The so five, three and outs forcing punts is amazing. Overall, the defense forced a lot of punts this game um, as did the Buccaneers defense. But regardless, uh, Tampa punted six times with only one landing inside the 20. So that's a testament to where they're punting from as well as um, the return team doing a little bit better job uh, covering kicks. Yeah, and I think, you know, they'll probably get talked about the most after this game today for the the few sacks, which it is, even with a patchwork Buccaneers offensive line. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to sack Tom Brady. He really protects his offensive lines. He gets rid of the ball quickly, a lot quicker than even Rodgers, who can be lightning fast, but also can really hold on to the ball. Brady is good about that, but they got home. But I think really 
just the defensive line shutting down the running game. We've seen uh, Leonard Fournette have some really big games against Green Bay and just generally. Right. He wasn't able to go anywhere, and the Bucks have to abandon the run game, as we mentioned, as well as putting pressure on Brady, a guy who releases the ball quickly, and just making sure this isn't necessarily the defensive line, but felt like generally anytime there was something underneath, guys were getting to the ball and making good hits and either forcing fumbles, which happened a few times, or just getting a player down. And I thought like Quay Walker, who it's a good time to talk about him, I think mm-hmm. right now he was great again, the rookie. But like his forced fumble, it was one of those plays. I, mean, I shouldn't say one of those plays because I thought it was a little unique. Right. He was wrapping up with both arms, but also like punching for the ball at the same time. So even if he doesn't knock it off, it's still like a very surefire tackle. Right. You know, sometimes it feels like a guy can really try to go and force that turnover and then end up kind of boofing the play, like missing the tackle or something. Yep. There was no chance of this. So I thought that play kind of summed up Quay Walker and the defensive front of just they got to the ball. They were aggressive in trying to make plays, but I don't think – I mean, really ever at the expense of giving something up. Like, I don't think their aggression was ever, you know, a negative for them in this game, which should be a great confidence booster going forward. Right. Like, I definitely see, I know what you're talking about, and there's definitely players who will go for um, turnovers and trying to, like, punch the ball out versus actually tackle them and then ends up giving up a big play. Quay Walker was trying to do both and that make the tackle. We had him wrapped up with one arm and then punched out the other. Like, that's... That's a next level play that he's got already in his uh in his rookie year. So he uh I think there was one mistake I only saw him have the entire game, and that was on that last drive that prevent when he defense. blitzed. No, I was talking about when uh and on the prevent defense when he just lost Fournette. Like he was supposed to be taking Fournette out to the sideline, and it ended up being like a ten yard gain or something. But he just like stood in the middle of the field, kind of had his feet locked, and then pursued but ended up not making a tackle and that was like the one that i saw were you thinking of something else no i thought it looked like he was rushing on that play and then he kind of stopped it, it was just there was a broken coverage yeah. there so like something fell apart whether it probably was his fault but whether it was his fault or just not a communication issue in general like right. something fell apart on that play but certainly he it looked like it would have been his his spot on the field where fournette made the easy catch right but going back to to fournette jordan i talked about it in our in our preview pod, we were like hoping he'd be out. Not like hope not that he out, not hurt long term, but he's a he's a hard runner. And seeing um him play the Packers against the run defense was not something we were looking forward to. But I thought the defensive line did a fantastic job plugging holes. Like as you mentioned, only twelve carries for thirty five yards for Leonard Fournette. And even then he only had thirty five um yards on five receptions. Overall just held in check. Like he was the most person. He's the first I was most scared of outside of Tom Brady on that offense, and the Packers' defense held them right where he needed to be to not have a huge impact on the game. And a lot of that comes from not being able to run up the middle, and he wasn't able to pretty much all night. And so, shout out Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, Dean Lowry, all of them, everybody who kind of helped had a helping hand in keeping. Um, that run game stifled pretty much the entire game. Outside of that one uh, basically busted coverage we just talked about where Quay Walker wasn't in the right spot. So that was uh, a reception for 17 yards for Fournette. Outside of that, he has four for 18 um, receiving. So you add that to the carries, and that is 16 touches for 53 yards outside of the one busted one. So nothing there. Nothing there all game. I mean, you even look at like the rushes, you'd probably expect this with only getting 35 yards, but his longest carry was six. Like there was just, again, outside of a play that was basically they left him wide open, which you just can't, (laughs) you can't do. It's still bad. It's not acceptable. But outside of that one play, you're talking about keeping a guy who in this game was clearly the Bucks' most dangerous playmaker because of the injuries holding him to 53 yards and no big plays and 17 yards isn't huge. It is big, but outside of that, really like nothing outside of, I think 10 yards was his next best reception. Mm -hmm. That is like standout both defensive, like game planning and knowing who you have to be aware of and execution from the players. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think they did a wonderful job in how they knew they wanted to attack Leonard Fournette this game, which was what we were looking for given the receiving core being so depleted as it was for, for Tampa. 
Um, Russell Gage ends up leading them in receiving yards at 87 on an incredible 12 receptions. He was apparently the only person <laughs> Brady was targeting in the receiving game. Um, but yeah, it's it was good. I think that you can live with that. Clearly, it was almost not being able to live with it because of how the offense uh, performed. But um, Russell Gage, 12 uh, receptions for 87 yards, a touchdown, and he uh, lost a fumble too. That was, I think, the... I forget if that was the Quay Walker one or a different one. I think that was, that was the second one, but I forget. It'll, Perryman also fumbled as well. So overall, yeah. just great, great stuff from the defense. And like, like we mentioned, the, the prevent on that last drive is something that I understand like why you do it. It's so that you don't immediately give up the long play or the chunk play. You keep giving your defense chances at making an, an impact play to not allow them to get a touchdown. The problem becomes when it's two and a half minutes left against Tom Brady. Because he'll yeah. take those five-yard uh, passes, those seven-yard passes, those eight-yard passes across the middle because that's what you're giving them. You can't let Brady do that because he's Tom Brady. Because he'll just make the right decision every single time. You can do yeah. that against lesser quarterbacks in the NFL. You can't do it against Tom Brady. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a great strategy against the Jameis Winstons of the world, but Tom Brady is so perfectly content taking the boring throw every time. It's like we talked about week one, Kirk Cousins, like obviously Kirk, not as good as Tom Brady, but both guys who will just sit back and hit the open guy over and over if you let them. And certainly with that much time on the clock, if they had gotten the ball with like 40 seconds and had to go downfield, maybe even right. 40. I feel 40 even is a little much for me, but three minutes is like, yeah, I mean, if you, you can make, you know, eight, eight yard plays, it's going to take you like a minute and a half off the clock, especially with the two minute one. And like, you just can't do that. But right. The, yeah. um, the, the Russell Gage fumble was Keyshawn Nixon. Mm. The Brashad Perryman fumble was Quay Walker. Got it. Um, that, that touchdown drive from the Buccaneers to the end of the game was started with about, I think it was three minutes and like 15 seconds or something like that. Which 304, is just, but I think that's when the first play ends, so yeah, you're probably right. I'm just doing quick math. It was two minutes and 50 seconds long, and there was 14 seconds to end the game. Um when the Packers kneel it down. So like just guessing right. of something like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's three minutes and change is way too much time to play prevent defense against Brady. Like it's yeah. Even with the cast that Brady was playing with, if you're gonna leave NFL receivers and Leonard Fournette open to catch balls in space, they're going to be able to catch them. Like you need to pressure them in order to then make them not look like they're NFL wide receivers, right? And they just didn't the entire that entire drive, but it didn't matter because at the end of the game, they give up the receiving touchdown to Russell Gage. He also, I think he had five of his catches on that one drive. Probably. The first three plays were all to Russell Gage. Probably. But, so they score the uh, the touchdown and go for the two-point conversion. The, uh... <laughs> the, first, the controversy. The controversy. The, the first touchdown, or the, the touchdown play delay game Maybe I know that the whole like internal work of like you get a beat after it goes zero. So Rogers, stupid, by it's, the way. Well, one, it's dumb. Two, it should, yeah. be, it should be challengeable if it's on a scoring play. Like they should look at it. Three, it's something that Packers have also benefited from because Rogers does this all the time. So we can't really yeah. be too upset about it because it's definitely affected us and not, not being called positively as well. But then. On the two-point conversion, they don't get it off, which is yeah. huge. Because as Greg Olson mentioned, um, on he the was broadcast, in. Yeah. He was in. There was there was <laughs> he had a full lane. And it was, was it like... was up the gut to let it Fournette was the play. Right. Fournette, by the way, that was what it was. We should we should explain if you missed the game or don't right. remember it. And it, it was you could clearly tell like it it looked very good for the Buccaneers. It did, and I think there might have been somebody there, but I don't think Leonard Fournette is not being held out of the end zone. Yeah. On the two-yard line. It's just, he's not going to happen. But, the late game penalty pushes them back to the seven. And the play is a sort of rollout from from Brady a little bit to the, to the right end. And throws to 
Russell Gage, who, if I'm not mistaken, Ty, if you have it up, I can pull it up quickly. Tier two, the two point conversion was defended by uh, Campbell. That's who tipped it. I was trying to see who. Oh, it doesn't it. even have it here. No. It just says. So yeah. some, uh, I think it was Gage again was streaking across the back of the end zone, and the cornerback whose name I'm earnestly trying to find quickly here while talking. Um, is covered, and it would have been a tough reception anyways, but Devondre Campbell, who is one of the better coverage linebackers in the league and what made him stand out so much. He's big, he's tall, he's long. He's a lot of those basketball verbs like to talk about what makes a good defender. That's what Devondre Campbell is. Jumps, gets a hand up on it, tips it, falls incomplete to steal the win for the Packers. I was nervous about sealing it there because... Yeah, it was a perilous few seconds, it was that's a, for sure. Right. It was uh the Packers had to go and uh um recover an onside kick, which they did. Nice job, Alan Lazard. Thank you for not being yeah. Brandon Bostic. <laughs> um but that was that was the end of the game for the Packers and overall just a really great stand from the Packers to to do that. I gotta say, since that first drive against Chicago and myself and a few other people called out the Packers defense for talking a lot bigger than they've played since that drive this has been an elite unit and that's why you know green bay is two and one i mean they didn't have to be elite to beat chicago most likely but right. it, it helps and certainly they had to be to win this game that's why they're two and one um are, are they what now second in the north did the vikings win <laughs> did the vikings win so i did not watch detroit BS. Minnesota. detroit um, was up so late they they had the like the game wrapped up they just needed to win the game yeah and they did it. still still learning how to do that detroit is they still, fun they, team but they I was, don't have that part down yet i was so annoyed i was ready to come on this pod and be like hey those detroit lions side they're building towards something aren't they but they let me down so yeah um, well second place in the nfc north but tied for the best record in the north and still uh still obviously you know the Vikings thing aside, there and it is big for seeding purposes to beat Tampa because Absolutely. obviously you would hope that by the end of the year Green Bay is one of those teams vying for the top seed, and with the rest of the NFC South, it looks like Tampa will also be what, especially when they get healthier, will be one of those teams too. Yep. Also, to make sure I give credit where credit is due, uh, Darnell Savage was the man in coverage, and he was covering him pretty tight. So overall, just just good stuff. So should we? move to the offense regrettably <laughs> let's get it over with <laughs> so as talked about during the game again if you didn't watch the game the packers started out hot on offense perfect started their first two drives 10 plays 75 yards touchdown 12 plays 12 plays 71 yards touchdown first one went to romeo dobbs second one went to alan lazard then their third uh, drive drove the field again, six plays, 60 yards. Uh, Rodgers throws a little in route to um, Aaron Jones, Jones right in front of the goal line. He gets stood up. Keep in mind this next part. Catches ball, stood up, hit, fumbles. All happens within a second, second and a half. Yeah. Like, happened real fast. It was hard for Jones to secure the ball that quickly, but ultimately fumbles. And they talked about it again. The entire broadcast that was the turning point in the game it went from the packers playing with confidence and playing aggressive and playing sort of how we want these packers to play on offense very fast to playing scared on offense they were they stopped taking shots on the field everything stopped working it probably also helped or didn't help that that fumble probably gave the buccaneers defense a lot of energy and a lot of confidence and able to they knew that they had that big impact on the game and that's why they were so good the rest of the game but um tommy in the discord and a bunch of people on twitter were all talking about how the packers were just playing scared and i think this is i don't want to say a calling card of matt lafleur because that seems a little harsh but it seems like in all of our big losses where it's close like especially in the 49ers game and the playoffs last year and then the Buccaneers game, and we lost the championship game. You can just tell that they pucker. They they just like try not to lose the game. Is what I'm trying to say. They don't play to win the game. They play not to lose. 
and in the NFL you just can't do that. Like that's even before Matt Lafleur, this is a Packers thing too. They've always done, which maybe it's, maybe it's an Aaron Rodgers thing, but it's hard to blame him, blame him solely for play calling and things like that. But even like 2014 against Seahawks, that was a brilliant case of playing not to lose. And typically, when you play to lose, yeah, you then lose. you lose. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe they would have lost if you know Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans and everyone was was in the game today. Uh, right. They weren't. You know, they won. It, it, it's not taking the win away from Green Bay, but certainly. So here's the difference: the first three drives, the free fumble. So up yep. until that moment. 28 plays for 206 yards and 14 points. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After the fumble nine drives they ran 35 plays so i thought honestly even before we get to the yards which are sickening to run seven more plays in triple the drives it just shows you they could not stay on the field like they could not it took them there was technically a four play drive it was because of a penalty they had to redo they did not pick up a first down basically or they didn't advance the ball more than 10 yards for five straight drives and they did four plays for 18 yards then three plays for one yard four plays for eight yards then eight for 37 was the last their last real drive also i'm discounting the very last one from this set of stats the post fumble because they just they kneeled it i'm not going to count that against. oh god no no so nine drives after the fumble which is starting in the second quarter 35 total plays. So they're running like three or four plays on all of them, except the very last one. Right. 97 total yards. After picking up 206 yards in the first 20-ish minutes of the game, they picked up less than 100 over the whole rest. And literally two drives of more than 10 yards. Four for 18 punt, eight for 37 punt. Like, you just can't go cold for that long and expect to beat really good teams. Like, no. Honestly, you can't even expect to beat mid-teams. Like, the NFL is pretty good right now, I think, overall. Like, a team like the Raiders has not won yet. I mean, that's a talented team, even if they're not playing good football. You just can't go this cold. You don't need to have, you know, 50 points a game offense. Like, clearly their defense is good enough to not need that. But you need more than 14 most of the time. Right. And I think that what we were kind of just, like, touching on that is just that they they got scared. They the play calling wasn't there. They stopped targeting Romeo Dobbs. He got a, hit a couple late in the game, but they stopped really targeting him. Run at least down the field, it went back right. to like they're targeting him at the line of scrimmage, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe he can do something, but he can clearly run downfield too. Right. It, in my notes for uh for the game, I like take like first quarter notes and it's like notes by quarter. My first um, note for the first first quarter was Dobbs. Read what happens when you let your wide receivers run a route downfield. <laughs> so like clearly just get him in like the normal wide receiver role, get him running routes instead of just running routes near the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he was really close to breaking one away on like a bubble screen. I forget what drive that was, but they're essentially one defender away from breaking it off big in a play like that. But like he's he's talented. He's got pure athleticism to be able to make plays like that down the field take a shot to him like i don't think he had too big of a um i don't think he had a lot of plays where he was targeted more than like 
15, 20 yards on the field. He has, his longest was 21, but I'm guessing he had some yards at their catch after that. But I've got say- ESPN stats info, at least from the first half. I'm trying to find the full game. This isn't Dobbs specific, but just the Packers. Mm-hmm. Rodgers averaged 2.9 air yards on completions in the first half when the offense was good. Right. Like even in the first half when there were, it was like a couple shots that were more like slants, kind of probably like five to seven, maybe 10 yards were the longest. Right. Even then though, it's still like, they're just not throwing the ball downfield for, it's worth noting. I mean, the Buccaneers have a great defensive line and yep. you don't want to hold the ball too long against them, but also like some play action, like there needs to be, some more downfield presence than there has been for Green Bay, just right. generally. I noted in the fourth quarter that the in the beginning of it, when they're on offense, it was just check down city the entire second half. Like there was nothing open, which is maybe a coverage thing versus a game planning or like a game calling thing. But man, there was a lot of just two yard throws, three yard throws, which was evidenced by the all the three notes they had and how the stunted drives they had um overall i think just like it was um last week it's a win you take wins it's a good coach's win because they they have stuff to work on going into this week because they're going to need to work on it like obviously the buccaneers game even with all the weapons they were down still was one of the tougher games we knew we were going to face we knew going in that the buccaneers had a good defense in that they were going to ha- probably struggle against the run defense, which they did. Um, Logan Ryan ends up picking off Aaron Rodgers again, which is like, I think Jordan called it out in the pod too. He goes like, Logan Ryan's still there. He gave Rodgers havoc uh, in the NFC Championship game, so he is wreaking havoc again. Ultimately, not too big of a deal as they didn't score off of it. But it's one of those premier games against top-level contenders off the board we got we're one and know in that in that uh section of the season we have three more to go against the rams eagles and bills hopefully we can go four and oh three and one would be good to us it'll be nice either which way we got one <laughs> and i like their chances against everyone except the bills who i just think are I just think it's going to be hard for anyone to beat the Bills. I mean, I, I, I know they just lost without some cornerbacks in Miami. They're, they're down a lot of their secondary. Like, yeah. Shout out Micah Hyde, man. Former Packer. Former beloved Packer. Out for the year. It Ugh. sucks. It does. And that, that might be their, their Achilles. Like, they might have to make some personnel moves and roster moves to, to stay afloat because I, I think if fully healthy, they're, they're much better than they looked against Miami. But that offense still, I mean, Josh Allen right now is very much that dude. And unlike Rodgers, is really able to, like, make plays all over the field and looks like a perfect fit in that Bills offense. Whereas I think there's still just a little bit of I, – I would love to see, like, stats on this. I don't know where if they're available. I just don't think Green Bay does enough play action. Like, for how good the running game is – I mean, you just see, you look around the league and we watch other games. It just feels like all the time, like a fake run, obviously, that's play action. And then, like, there's a quarterback rolling out and there's routes all over the field. It's just so hard to contain those. I just don't feel like Green Bay does that enough. And I don't think at this point it should be that much of an offensive line issue because we've got Elton Jenkins back. And one of the big stories of this game Bakhtiari was also back and looked pretty good in his snaps. I mean, again, we'll have the the full grades and the analysis in the next coming days here. But the offensive line, I think, is is certainly not a weakness anymore. If it's not the, one of the best units in the league, you know, as those guys get healthy, it's certainly solid. And I think they showed that for the most part. I mean, it was still hard to run against Tampa, but that's just a great defensive line for you. I don't know. I just feel like that could maybe be incorporated more to help get these guys moving down the field a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an issue per se. I think that this is the first week we've had a quote-unquote healthy offensive line. Like, week one, it wasn't going to be really an option. Excuse me. wasn't really going to be an option just because they didn't have Jenkins or Bakhtiari. Week two, against the Bears, didn't really need it. And it obviously, they won that game handedly. This week, I agree that like a play action would have been nice, but that front seven of... The Buccaneers are so good that it's hard to get that. Like even on his normal dropbacks, Rodgers didn't have a lot of time to throw in general, and they're making a lot of quick passes. 
but going forward, 100%. I'd love to see them set up the run. We've talked about this. Everyone's talked about this. Set up the run for the pass. And if you have a game where the runs actually work, that's probably some of it too, Ty, is that the run wasn't working well enough for play action to be any sort of useful. Like last week. I think there's data that says it doesn't really need to be. That it works right. anyway. But it, it, it's a good point. The running game just right. was not was not thriving anyway. And so, but yeah, going forward, when you have a good Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon game and that run is actually a threat, then I think it's huge if they can get if they can get uh play action going. Which is weird because they've they were a play action team for a long time. Like they loved running play action. And I don't think this has gone away from it because of Matt LaFleur, or gone away from it just because of this year and the sort of carousel that is the wide receiving group and stuff like that but yeah that's a good point to see them work that more into their offense as the season progresses um Bakhtiari I couldn't find snap counts anywhere it's too short after the game but overall thought he looked good thought he looked good yeah yeah it didn't there was no point where it looked like he gave up uh, a pressure Uh, again maybe he did but there was certainly no point at least where i remember where it was like a glaring like oh bakhtiari missed 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 an assignment or just wasn't there physically and and you know messed up and i don't remember any penalties for him either so it seemed like he stepped in and did bakhtiari stuff again which obviously you know, the way we've talked about it, especially you, I think have taken lead on this, just <laughs> assuming he's not going to exist until we see him. Like Correct. the way I treated Dario Saric before he finally came over for Philly way back when. Um, but it, it happened. It finally happened. It, it, even even until the game started, I was like, I don't know. Let's see it yeah. first. But I thought he looked good. I, I came out at some points, but it didn't seem like any any big red flags in that right. avenue either. So we'll see. We've seen him play one game before, but you know, I think if he's able to play like this again next week, then I'll really be excited. He will officially exist for me <laughs> if he plays next week against the Patriots at home. If he plays no. next week. Then, that's not the that's not the London game yet, is it? Nope, the week after that. The week after, okay. So if they, if 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 he plays next week and has and like plays more than he played this week, then I can believe that he's healthy and on his way back to being the All Pro uh, offensive lineman that he is. Um, to touch on uh, Bakhtiari a little bit, he was on a snap count. Um, Robin Bosky reporting with the press conference afterwards that. Uh, Matt LaFleur knew David Bakhtiari wasn't going to be a fan of alternating series in his return, but he felt like with the Heat in Tampa, a long time off, and Yash Nimmin deserving snaps, that it was the way to go. But we didn't want him going 0-60, to 60, which I totally agree with. Like, couldn't have argued for a better way to use him in his return. I can understand knowing, obviously not knowing knowing Bakhtiari, but knowing what type of competitor he is and what he's done to get back here, that he would have wanted to play the entire game. I think it's smart that they didn't let him. Yeah, that heat was no joke. Uh, it was talked about a lot throughout the broadcast. It was like 90 degrees on the field. We saw Air, uh, Lazard just absolutely throwing up uh, on the sideline. Well, we didn't see it. Shout out to the three trainers or who, however many who had the towels all around him. Oh, like, we uh, saw it. I, I definitely saw a, a Oh, shot. I didn't see it. I, I saw, didn't see it. I saw a shot of whatever. I must have missed it. They, they did the job for me. They didn't do the job for you. But uh, yeah. the, the heat was real. Yeah, that's what happened when you're that hot. And you're chugging water, chugging Gatorade. All that kind of stuff just to stay hydrated. That sometimes you just drink a little too much and get all that water and liquid sloshing around. It'll be tough to keep it down. But uh, Ryan Wood said um, that LaFleur said they'll see how uh, Bakhtiari's knee responds to this game and that he played 34 snaps. So there's your, there's your, uh, your number for that. So overall, I think it was. He played then about half of the offense, I want to say. About. Because it would have been 60. Um, I shouldn't do math on the 63 snaps, I think. 63 plays for the offense. I'm learning as well to not do math on the podcast. Yeah, it's tough. Shut it's my, tough to put yourself on the spot. Shut out the score prediction. From yeah, me. you trying to work back and see what like, a safety <laughs> and two touchdowns is. Was like, I was listening, and I was like, I know it's how you're on air, but... You're adding single-digit numbers together. This should not be... I write for a living. I don't do math. <laughs> um, but yeah, going like 
briefly, briefly touching on score predictions because they were so bad from Jordan and I. <laughs> ah, they didn't end up being that far off. It right. looked like they were going to be very far off. The number itself was close. The reasoning itself was there. We knew it was going to be a defensive, um, a defensive game on both sides. No safeties for either one of the teams, so we fell short of that. Um, it uh, seemed like Jordan it seemed was, like you were going to get it with that the drive that had Tampa starting on their own one. But mm-hmm. there were so many plays that are close too. Like I know. Oh, I was so ready. I was I was, I was ready for it. <laughs> but overall, um, moving on a little bit briefly, just to the defense. The Weefens. Oh yeah. They they did well this week. I'm Can I say after your guys pod, every punt I was like cackling to myself thinking about how uh the special teams coordinator for the Packers was just over on the sidelines like I have no idea what kind of punt Pat O'Donnell's going to do, <laughs> but I'm here for it. Listen, like man. just just imagining Rich reacting over there like, "Oh my god, he's going for the 10 coffin corner on the left. What a madman." <laughs> I never would have called that, but he knows his leg better than I do. <laughs> you missed it. Rich Biasacha talked about in his post-scares presser earlier this week that um, Pat O'Donnell is sort of captains the defense <laughs> on the punt team and that he kind of just lets him do what he wants to do. He knows well enough. He's been in the league long enough to know sort of how they want to punt it. and that's. I'm just imagining, like, I don't know. Some rent, some punter somewhere, just in like heated discussions on the <laughs> sidelines. Like, I can do the five yard coffee quarter. No, do it. No, no, aim for the 20. <laughs> so funny, dude. It's really funny, but yeah, Pat Donald. I don't like that. I have to say this seven punts <laughs> for 339 <laughs> yards. That out, he out punted the, uh, the Packers offense. By a by a lot, not not a whole bunch. Oh no, not a whole. Well, what was it? No, yeah, it's okay. It's pretty close. Like third twenty yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, but still, he out punted the Packers offense, having a long of forty eight, or I'm sorry, a long of sixty three, averaged forty eight point four. The big, 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 big part of this though is that of his seven punts, five of them were inside the twenty. Like, there is something we talked about in the Discord. The Packers special teams actually flipped the field. Oh, it was that Keyshawn Nixon one where he caught it off the bounce, caught it the one. On the one, yeah. And that was it. Like, and the Packers, the Bucks went three and out with oh, with the horrendous, horrendous running into the punter call. But yeah, they they flipped the field. His punts were actually insane. Do you want me to read to you where they all went? Because yeah. you're actually not even doing him justice. All right, with do, do that him, stat, do him justice. Uh, first punt to the Tampa Bay 13 for no gain. Great tackle from Rudy Ford, who, while we're talking defense, continues to be just rock solid. Like, he it was... hurt our hearts, the Micah Abernathy thing. Mm-hmm. He's been worth it. Like, been he's made it. a lot of plays. Yep. Uh, the second punt to the 21. So the return brought it back to the 21. So the punt was to the 11. Mm-hmm. So, again, not within the 20, within <laughs> the 21. Right. Like, pretty close. Uh, then down by the two on the two by Keyshawn Nixon. Great, great play. Fair catch to the Tampa Bay 11 was the next punt. Then we've got a fair catch at the Tampa Bay 14. Then we've got a return for 16 yards, but only out to the 25. That was their best field position off of a punt the whole game. Mm -hmm. Then the next punt was to the 11 and a fair catch. So literally seven punts, none of them touchbacks, but none of them got past where they would have been as touchbacks. So he dropped in all seven, accounting for the returns within the 25 yards of the field, from the two to the 25, and more were within 20 than between 20 and 25. Like that's that's not just him. Like that's the punt coverage team too. Yeah, coverage was great. That is just an all-around, like, uh, it feels like a funny word to use, but that is dominant punting. <laughs> it is. It's as good as you can do, pretty much. Dominant punting is like, I, I, it's, I know it's obviously not, but it feels like a brand new sentence. Like, yo. It's very, it's very <laughs> like, Bill Belichick is going to watch this tape and be like, this is what football should be. This is what football should be. <laughs> this is how I can win football games with Mackinac Island Jones right Mac- here. Macaroni. Yeah, yeah. Coverage was really good too. If there's one thing we're going to talk about the re- the entire season, Amari Rogers needs to stop being afraid to field punts. Or get I mean, somebody the way he else got, in there. 
the way he got rocked, I could not believe he the when they re when they had to redo the kick, uh, right. the, the the BS running into the kicker call. Right. I actually thought they put someone else out there because he got rocked on that hit. He got but rocked. After that, I was kind of like, I see why he does it. But yeah, I mean, the screenshots look a little worse than they are, I think. But there was one or two where he fair caught, and there was like a lot of space. There around. was. It was. I think the second to last punt before that that line of punts. It wasn't the one where they were backed up or anything, but there was one where he fair caught it and there was no Buccaneers on the screen. No. Like, yeah, it was tough. He's got a couple bad ones, which like, yeah, it's, he's learning and he, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sitting, going to try and white knight Amari Rogers here, but like, he just needs to be a little better as decision making on fair catching things like that, because it doesn't hurt you when you're at like the 2025. But if he's fair catching with space at like the eight or something like that, he needs to get five yards, get six yards yeah. out of it. Like it's it's better to be at the ten eleven than at the five six. And yeah, I mean it's it's a better mistake to make than like, you know, the opposite, which yeah. is trying to return it and fumbling or something. But it's still like if all all he's gonna do is special teams. If he wasn't gonna be a receiver in this game, I just don't think he is without think- Watson or uh, Watkins, it's right. confusing to say both of those. And he didn't. Did he get targeted? No. I don't even know if he had snaps. Honestly, he, he played. I was gonna talk. I was. If it came up, I was gonna touch on it. He got. If he played more than one snap, I didn't see it. But his one snap came in the victory formation. He was oh, up there for, for the victory formation. I mean, he's so he's not gonna do it. So that this is literally his whole job. Like it's yeah. just he should just be better by now. If this is all you're gonna be doing. Right, that's all he should be doing in practice and things like that. Yeah, like, that's it. Like. Juwan Winfrey got upgraded. Juwan, I was going to say, Winfrey got targeted on a real passing play. A couple of them. They, there's two of them. Oh, two of them. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like it's, if, yeah. It, the point Tyler out. Davis got two targets in this game. Actually, I had two had a really good catch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, I, I just, we've just got to give up on the Amari Rodgers as a receiver. It's just clearly, at least not, I, I just don't think ever with this team. I just no. feel like they, they've given up on it. And it, again, if we're at this point in the depth chart with an already pretty weak receiving core yep. and they're not, they're using Tyler Davis and Juwan Winfrey instead. Yep. It's just that, that part is over. So at least, at least get better at the kick returning. I mean, you know, two returns average 10 and a half yards. That's good. Yeah. But there was more meat on the bone there. Yeah. I feel like kick returning and part returning is one of those things that you just know how to do. Or you don't like, it's something you learn as like a high schooler like, yeah. that you just have a knack for. And you, it's hard to get thrust into that position as like, any sort of pro just because it's something entirely different from the rest of the game of football. Like it's, yeah. it's just different and you get to have the eye for it to do it. I just don't think he has it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his season looks like. Cause as we, we both touched on, he's not getting run as a receiver. And if some sort of injury comes down where they need depth somewhere, I could see him getting cut for depth to put somewhere, somewhere else. So, yeah, I mean, it's just if your only job is kick slash punt return, and they he didn't actually return any kicks; they were all touchbacks. Uh, guess what? It was only what one? Yeah, no, two, two. There was a field goal and then a kickoff uh, at oh, half. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, it's that's not a lot of job security in this league. No, so either which way, hopefully he gets better at it. Now, that's, again, that's like out of this week. That's like the one thing I was concerned about, or. Not concerned about just have not not overly pleased. It was the one part of the we it was the one part of the we fence where you're like, meh. Everything else though was like, oh hell yeah. Yeah. Like that kick where he got rocked, that'd have been great for his stats. It was a good Yeah, return. that was that it it's a, that at least that is worth noting. I'm glad you said that because that it's not his fault that got called back. He should right. have gotten credited for that. Right. But alas, he didn't. We didn't yeah. want to see more of that because he mm-hmm. had opportunities like that on other punts. So correct. Overall. Alrighty, anything else, anybody else you want to talk about? You don't talk about Rogers at all. I feel like we do this. We've done this before where we just don't talk about Rogers. It's the Giannis effect. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I just think it was such an Aaron Rodgers game in a lot of respects, like overall very efficient. The the interception, and I want to talk about Dobbs after this too, so this, yeah. this could dovetail nicely. Um, the interception, he was heated, and it was it Titanian, I think? And it was. He clearly got hit, and I think he got thrown off his route as the ball was coming out. Yep. Also, though, like how bang bang it was, I don't think the ball would. I think it would have been a pick anyway. Like the it ball just looked like. Well. 
No, it was like way too far. I don't know what kind of speed Rogers thinks Robert Tunyon has, but it was like way too far to the left. Right. And it was uh, Logan Ryan, right, made the the yeah. nice kind of deked him into thinking it was too high and then immediately comes down to make the play. So right. I don't know if it was as tricky as the broadcast made it seem because he kind of just like ran straight forward when he saw the route. But yep. it, it was a good play that he made, and obviously it, it caught Rodgers by surprise. Feel felt more like a brain fart to me than a missed defensive pass interference. I agree. But otherwise, I mean, you know, we I think it, it kind of gets covered in talking about the – uh, the play calling and the the receiver performance, like he hit pretty much all the throws you would expect, and just overall, I, I don't think was aggressive enough. And there's play calling and Rogers' performance are always going to be mixed to such a degree, but yeah, overall, yeah, it just felt like, yeah, of course he's going to make all these throws. He's Aaron Rodgers, and we probably shouldn't take that for granted. But right. it wasn't like a after the first two drives where he was very surgical. It wasn't a special game from him. It wasn't terrible, but he he wasn't making that many plus plays again, especially after the first two two and a half draws. Agreed. I think you said everything that I wanted to say. Like just a lot of the stuff that got them there wasn't working after the fumble. Which again, play calling part of it. Rogers part of it. Just want him to. I'm glad if, there, if there's one thing I want. I'm glad about again. Ball was spread around. Uh, yep. Dobbs targeted eight times. Cobb targeted twice. That Cobb catch and run for 40 yards was beautiful. Same thing with his yeah. other catch and run, the one that was on the Did, third did he down. get banged up? No, I just think that... Just didn't get back to him. He he played... I made a comp on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. I did see this. He is like Bucks West Matthews right now in I terms agree. of like... He's, you, you can't go to him every time. He doesn't have that volume anymore, but yep. just feels like he's there when they need him, and he just feels so dependable. Every Cobb play yeah. has just been great. This I've made fun of him before for, you know, they, it's baked into the contract for Rodgers. He has to get <laughs> X balls per game, but yeah. he's played very well, and it's it's a, a shame, honestly, he only got targeted twice because he just makes plays. He's in the right spot. He's super dependable. That 40-yard um, reception he had, I was – Yelling at the TV, I'm like, leave him alone, leave him alone. He can't run that fast anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the uh, it reminded me of when uh, Rogers threw the touchdown over to Cobb over the Bears to oh, Norn. Like that was Cobb speed at its pinnacle. Yeah, it's not there anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he's still very fast, but he's not peak Randall Cobb fast. And I think Pete Randall Coppas turns that catch run of 40 yards into a touchdown. Yeah, he, like, he doesn't have, like, separate from the whole defense anymore. Now it's just, right. like, fast enough to get open. Right, exactly. So, But, the, yeah, then Randall Cobb targeted twice, Al Lazard targeted six, Tanyan seven, Tyler Davis two, Aaron Jones four, AJ Dillon three, Juwan for two. We're spreading the ball around, which is yeah. what we want to do. A lot of that was pre-fumble, but regardless, it's still happening. It's... Like, as long as one person's not getting, like, one reception, I'm counting that towards spreading the ball around. Or, like, yeah. one, one target, rather. Yeah. It's because, like, it, it matters. It matters that you have all these options and that they're getting schemed into their offensive game plan. Yeah, I think, you know, and I know you touched on, on Dobbs earlier, and I think I was looking up a stat or something. Did feel a little bit like maybe the first of many big games for him. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, really using this opportunity, Watson, whatever, I don't know how much he would have factored, but really Watkins also being out. And we know we've seen that connection work well. And I would expect when he gets back, Sammy Watkins will factor in again. But big opportunity for him to build that trust with Rodgers and prove what he can do. And I think he did. I mean, he hauls in all eight targets. So clearly every time Rodgers looked to him, he made the play. He, He didn't. You know, he didn't run the route, wrong route and or, or drop it, either one. And I think really it was being on different pages that hurt him more than drops earlier. But neither of those things happened. He was dependable. He was integral in the two scoring drives. Obviously one catching the touchdown, but it seemed like making plays on both. A huge game for him. And I think could be, and even with Lazard, like healthy, but really like, I think the heat got to, maybe that was factored in with Cobb too. The heat definitely got to some guys. Yeah. And apparently I saw a tweet, the Packers locker room didn't have AC. Oh, cool. Didn't help. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was, I, I guess Packers just shut off, should shut off the heat in the winter. I think that seems fair. It can be 10 degrees in the other teams, the visiting locker room in Lambeau then. Unplug That's, the uh, the heaters. 
yeah, sideline. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just just flip them, flip them the other way to cold. Um, <laughs> but it, set to AC. Yeah, um, but I think a huge game for for Dobbs with Cobb out there playing with Lazard out there playing. And Tanyan, who Rogers looks to a lot, for him to still lead the team in targets, receptions, yards, and tied for touchdowns, I think is a pretty big deal for him. And you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but there's still not that many plays where outside of not being on the same page, there's like something that you see like he can't do or he struggles with. Like I, I think he has potential to be a very good wide receiver in this league. Looking back at his year so far, he's got 14 catches in three games. He's on pace for just about 80-ish catches. That's huge. That's a that's big for a yeah. rookie receiver. Like the sort of the the waterline for like an all-pro level receiver is 100 catches in a year, and he's yeah. 20 short of that in his rookie year. Yeah, so, and and it's picked up a lot this week too. I mean, you yep. could see that number go up. I mean, it's really it's impressive and it's great. Especially that he's a fourth round receiver. Yep. This is a league though where rookie receivers, like if your rookie receiver sucks, you really, you really, you drafted Jalen Rager basically. Like, yeah. Hopefully not Christian Watson too. But you know, you look around the league like right now, like guys like Alave, and um, that's just the one I'm thinking of at the moment. But there's a lot of Drake London rookie receivers who are are finding success right away, and it just goes to show like skill position guys can really step in and, and be successful but it's you still got to do it and especially as a fourth rounder really impressive stuff from romeo dobbs right uh garrett wilson and the jets on the jets yeah. is what uh one of the other recruiter receivers um a couple tweets to go through before we wrap up this awesome tweets this is the energy we wanted to see from the defense and the play we wanted to see from the defense to back up the talk that they've been doing since training camp uh, Packers cornerback Keyshawn Nixon on the dramatic ending. Time to go home. We walked into their trap, took over their trap, and go home. <laughs> like hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, Vondra Campbell on what this kind of game against Tom Brady. This is uh, from Ryan Wood. Last one was from uh, Matt Schneidman. Uh, Devondra Campbell, what this kind of game against Tom Brady, even without his top bar receivers, means for the Packers defense. Quote: We don't need to play the Bucks to get no confidence. We know how good we can be. Perfect. They they do. I mean, they have been talking a big game literally since they got together before a training camp. So yeah. that is true. Um, and hilariously, uh, Andy Herman, fellow Blue Wire Network, fellow Packers podcast, Packers, Packers podcaster, uh, stirring the pot jokingly, has a picture of Randall Cobb in the back of his helmet. Because, you know, like on the white part of everybody's helmet, they have those like sayings now. And they have, like, yeah. like end racism and all the other sayings they right. want. And it says, Andy Herman, uh, that helmet, clearly Randall Cobb clearly wants a QB change because Randall Cobb's back it says, choose love. <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, really good vibes from yeah. from uh, this week and the win. One more tweet to go before we, as a preview for next week, Mac Jones suffered a high ankle sprain, it seems, and couldn't yeah, miss some time. Get... So, he had to get carried like out through the tunnel and everything. Yep. It, it was he, not looking good. Ian Rappaport is reporting that MRI tomorrow. Um, maybe we see Brian Hoyer as the Patriots quarterback next week. <laughs> is that that much worse for them? I think it's a little worse. I'm think, not even trying to take a shot at, at it, Jones. I know, but... I know. I think people sell Mac Jones short of what he is. I think he's fine. I don't think he's like awful. Do you know what Brian Hoyer's full name is? I don't want to know, dude. He's... <laughs> Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Axel Edward might put up numbers next week. No, man. it isn't. What do you mean? That's... Yes, it is. It I... says that on Google and on Pro Football That's reference. not a real name, dude. Axel Ed. Let's give out some cheese, man. <laughs> hey, 53 touchdowns to 35 picks in his career. I actually, okay. I always thought Hoyer was solid, but he has not played, basically, and... Right. He's not played meaningful football more than I guess he played four games last year. He doesn't play much though anymore. No. So some cheese hand out. I'm gonna throw you a curveball given some stats you gave me. So okay. a, a nice monster. Nice monster. Romeo Dobbs, Rizzo Douglas, Kay Walker, and Rashawn Gary. Now we talked pre pod about our punter, Pat O'Donnell. Oh my goodness. Six punts essentially. Inside the 20 with how he played, do you want to bump him up to two? Or do you want to keep him at one? Because that is some, that's some dominant punting tie. Because 
I'm thinking of where does Pat O'Donnell get opportunities to have better games? Yeah. And I don't know where. That, it's, it's that question versus should there just be a cap on punters because they punt? Hunting's important. It's clearly important. It's Hunt- important. Hunters' lives matter, Ty. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, it was a great. It was. You would. You would hope. I mean, there probably will be, but you would hope there's not many more games where he has to punt seven times. That's kind of I, what. I think I'm okay with it because he literally did not miss at all. Every exactly. punt was. Every punt and it started within the twenty, and then most of them didn't get out of there. So actually, I, I mean, I think yeah, as a punter, you can't do much better than that. Perfect. So earning a nice, spicy, creamy pepper jack this week. Our punter, Pat O'Donnell. Devondre Campbell. Kenny Clark. We didn't talk too much about, but he had two sacks. And then Keyshawn Nixon, who yeah. played outstanding in his uh, fill-in role on both special teams and on defense. So um, let me pull up the sheet here quick. Leaderboard time. Oh boy, leaderboard time. I do, before we get to that... um. I want I want to make a little bit of an announcement with the stats going out typically Mondays Tuesdays. It's a little more difficult to get a good read on who deserves um who deserves cheeses over other players, especially on like the interior with like linemen and defensive linemen, just because it's tough to see each game live essentially how well they're playing. Like we want to give Bakhtiari one or want to give Nimmin one. But it's hard not to think about the plays where they get blown up or if they just don't hear about them at all. And so I think we are going to move the um, the cheeses and the handing out of the cheeses to first thing of the Thursday pod. That way we're not shorting anybody and making... Um, basically giving everybody their due... Um, their due diligence yeah. on all this stuff. Well, yeah, it's uh, another one that could have qualified if we did it this way. Eric Stokes, who we joked yep. about in the Discord, like I literally, I think he finished with a tackle. Like we just we didn't hear his name at all. Yep. Like he just wasn't. Which typically for a cornerback is a very good thing. But in these stats, like if he did get, if he was out of position, if he got beat, like we might have missed it. I, I don't think he was just with the way the defense played, but. You know, would love to just see some data on that just to confirm versus, you know, a guy who's really like probably not even pictured a lot of the time because the plays just aren't going to him, which probably means he was defending very well. But maybe his receiver fell over like every route. Like we just it's hard to know live and right after the game. So, yeah, I think it's a good move. But, yeah, a guy like Stokes who probably deserves a cheese not getting one this week again, just because he was like so good. He just wasn't even involved in plays. Right. I think like that that sentiment was the main reason we wanted to um to move it to Thursday cuz if it ends up being the fact that he didn't like allow any yards or anything like that, he definitely deserves to be recognized. I just don't want to hand one out without knowing cuz I just I we just don't know. And so Yeah. That'll be that moving forward. So, thank you guys for understanding. To go through the list, please give me a little bit of time because the sheet is not organized top to bottom. So we're going <laughs> to do our best here. Leading the way with three is Aaron Jones from last week. And then there's a gamut of uh, players at two. AJ Dillon, Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Aaron Rodgers, Preston Smith, Pat O'Donnell, Devondre Campbell, Keisha Nixon, Kenny Clark. And then players with... Oh, I'm sorry, Aaron Rizzo Douglas is in there too with two. And then... Players with one, Romeo Dobbs, Elton Jenkins, Sammy Watkins, Mason Crosby, Eric Stokes, and Zach Tom. So we will be updating that as the season goes along. We'll get the sub stack up and running for for the cheese board. And so you guys can take a look up all, all that and see the graph and things like that. So um, looking forward to next week, Patriots, uh, week before the London game. That'll be interesting see what we're doing injury-wise going into next week. I'm hoping to see Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins on IR, so he won't see him for a few weeks. Yeah, we won't see him for a a couple weeks. At least a month. Yeah. Christian Watson is really the only big name we want to see. Make sure Bakhtiari's playing. Yeah, I was going to say Bakhtiari's the one. And and he's know he's been back for a little longer now, but I just would like to see him and Jenkins both play uh, in the next several games. Really, for the rest of the year, it would be great. Ideally. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so thank you all so much for listening to another episode. We are two Victory Mondays back to back weeks. We have absolutely love to see that. Uh leave a review. Leave a yeah. leave a rating. We love all of these things. We love hearing from you guys. Fill out the Discord form on gspn.info. Check out um Ty, I believe, is going on a podcast that will be in your feeds today as in Monday or possibly on yep. Monday about uh, Media Day. and Bucks Media Day. Yeah, yeah, Bucks Media Day. So with basketball coming up again soon, uh, brewers are winding down. The <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, but... <laughs> as, as, uh, let's, just, let's just move on. Listen to Cruising for listen, a Bruising. Listen to all the pods. Um, they, 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 need, they need the support right now because the brewers are giving them absolutely nothing yeah they should have swept the reds and didn't but yeah the last three and one isn't too bad but it's not what we wanted anyways thank you all for listening to another episode we'll be back uh in your podcast feeds later this week to preview the patriots against the packers back at lambo bye thank you so much buddy new thank you